All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Monster Energy, Fox Racing, Parts Europe, which stock Moose and Thor, which will become uh, pretty relevant in this podcast. Scott, Bell Helmets, Achervis, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and even Strokes for incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have a cracker with special guest, Gavin Yamaha MXGP star, Calvin Valandra. And how you going, mate? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, between uh, between Portugal GP and Spain GP, so it's a bit hectic, busy. Um, Spain will be my fifth, fifth weekend racing in a row, so it's quite back-to-back. But um, after Spain, I'll get a bit of a break, so it will be a nice weekend off. Yeah, mate. How are you, how are you handling um, the, the pretty demanding schedule right now? Are you, you feeling it or are you doing all your recovery work so you're primed for each weekend? Um, to be honest, I enjoy like the, the back-to-back weekends, like getting it, uh, you know, you're in a rhythm and then you just keep 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 at it, especially when you're riding well, um, trying to like keep the flow going. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. My body, um, definitely when you're getting older, the body takes a little bit longer to recover. Uh, I mean, I'm 26, so I'm still pretty, still pretty young. Still, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm at my peak yet, but I definitely feel that I'm not 18 anymore. Um, but yeah, my body, my body feels good, and uh, I'm definitely taking the time, um, the necessary time during the week to to recover. Yeah, mate, things are certainly going in a good direction for you. Obviously, on the weekend, um, eight five for seventh overall. Another round where I feel, oh, I think a lot of other people feel that the results probably didn't reflect your speed because obviously you're up there with the factory guys ahead of Prado, chasing down Siwa, Fevre, like you're just matching it really well with the heavy hitters. Um. What were your thoughts on the track? Um, the track prep was a bit of a divisive topic as well, and obviously the reverse layout. So, how how was the weekend for you, mate? Um, I mean, yeah, like you say, eight five. I went in the races. Um, results weren't bad. Second motor I rode pretty well. Uh, first motor I just got shuffled back a bit in the first couple laps, which was uh, kind of hurt my whole weekend. Actually, I think think besides that motor, I would have had quite a consistent top five weekend. Um, the speed was definitely there, um, but yeah, the the track I enjoyed it this year um, with a new layout back with something new. I think for all of us riders, uh, we've been going there for a while every year, and it's been the same. So it's something new, exciting um, to race. It was kind of um, I wouldn't say one line because there were some places where you could pass, but you really had to like force the issue and and really set it up perfectly. Uh, which I was unable to do in in uh, in the second moto and the first moto actually, but um, like I feel like the track didn't really um, form that well. I, I feel like it could have been rougher in some ways where um, it was kind of hard underneath. They should have prepped it, already started prepping it like weeks before. I think like um, ripping it deeper and putting water up, water on, water on because it was quite dry underneath and didn't really get deep. You know, it was kind of um, that first kind of part was a bit bit sandy, like always, but then underneath it was like rock hard and it got really sketchy, sketchy bumps and square edges. Um, like they decided to water the track before MX2 Moto 1. I, I don't understand their logic behind that. It was like a mud bath out there. Yeah. I really felt sorry, felt sorry for the MX2 guys because it was really bad. And uh, I was just hoping they weren't going to do the same for our first motor, but they didn't even touch the track. So, yeah. um, 
we were lucky actually the MXGP guys were lucky but uh I feel like they should have watered this watered the track like that already like a week ago preparing for the race I feel like they just started uh the night before a little bit yeah it was an interesting obviously four classes on it it certainly copped a pounding on the weekend but there was some pretty cool sections step ups triples um obviously those bumps got got really savage and you sort of you really had to be on the, on the ball and focusing every every lap. I bet um, on that surface, mate. Um, was it was it sort of hard to find your limit and sort of find that balance to settle into the pace? Because there was such fine margins. You know, the pace was pretty similar between all your top guys. So hard to make a real difference, wasn't it? Exactly, and I think it's it comes because of the track um, being uh, quite. I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was like everyone was doing the same things. You know, and I think. Most of the MXGP class, we all know how to ride a bike, so we all know how to do the, the big jumps and and the sections where you know we all doing the same thing. That's what makes the times really close. Um, if the track got kind of rougher in some ways, I think the 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 times would have been more spread out. That's what made it also difficult to for racing, you know, because the times are so close. But um, yeah, to be honest, I I thought the track was. Yeah, like I said, they needed to put more water on before before uh, before the weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you do you sort of go back in between sessions, like you hear a lot of the Supercross dudes on the dart fish? Do you sort of go back and analyze the track and sections and and watch yourself on on the video just to try and get those those small advantages anywhere you can? Is that something you'd be doing? Yeah, I have my coach on the on the track uh, during the practices yeah. and also during the races, and he's filming some always filming. Uh, some different guys, uh, always the top guys to see what they're doing and myself. And I always like to to watch it uh, between the sessions and then just see, like, you can see exactly where some some riders are, are gaining time or a little bit faster than you or where you are doing well and you can keep doing that and where you can improve on and, and, and whatever. But I I like to see um, what other guys are doing because when, you, when you're on track, you're not really looking at anyone else. You don't know what other guys are doing or, you know, where they're riding, what lines they're taking. So it's nice to, uh, to see that, especially like in free practice and time practice, um, that, that, that probably matters the most, you know, in the beginning of the weekend before the track, actually, uh, before you get to know the track really well. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty cool insight there, mate. And, um, I was just wondering your thoughts on, um, Prado's little moment when you um when he was just ahead of you before the before the straight there did you um was that sort of a, just a quick check and um re- just recalibrate your focus as well because obviously you're just gunning it physically and mentally like it's just you concentrate and focusing so hard and then he has a moment like that in front of you which I don't know how he held onto it but um what, what yeah. were your thoughts on that watching behind mate um to be honest like at that point I was not really that close to him. Yeah. I was a couple of meters back and um, I saw him come. I think he was attacking the guy in front. I was, I'm not quite sure, but I think he, he he really focused on getting that line right and he got a bit squirrely and he's quite small on the bike. So the bike I kind of jumped out on him and he couldn't yeah. really save it that well. But as soon as he did that, I was like, okay, now is my chance to go. You know, I, I never thought for a second he was going to crash because it wasn't like that out of control, but definitely a small mistake like that. I can benefit from that, you know, just because um, I can pass a, l- a little bit easier. So I definitely tried to to pounce when I when I when I when I saw that um, saw that happen. Yeah, you need to take your opportunities, and obviously you had pretty much pressure. You were putting pressure on in front of you with Jeremy a lot of that race, and you had pressure pressure from Prado. 
So how, how was it? Did that affect, obviously, had to affect your strategy a lot and um, you had to be quite measured and calculated in um, making any moves on Jeremy because you knew that Jorge had come straight in on you. So was, was it a really tough race from that perspective? Um, I mean, if it was a Yamaha behind, like, it's really loud, you know? <laughs> like, you, you, know, you know exactly where he is and how far he is behind, but... Jorge rides like with really low RPMs, so you know. I, to be honest, most of the motor I didn't even know he was behind me. <laughs> like in some in some places, you can hear his bike like a little bit, but um, you know, I I didn't look back once, so I didn't know how close he was. Um, I did know that I mean he was behind me, but I didn't know how close. So um, I first had to catch Jeremy, and when I got to him, I was trying to like um, find a place to pass and try and set up something because it wasn't easy or just put pressure so that maybe he made a mistake. He did make like one or two mistakes, but I wasn't close enough to, to really pass. Um, but, uh, I definitely couldn't just leave the, leave the door open. Like I had to be kind of, uh, you know, on it to not make any mistakes and, uh, and also to try and I was attacking and defending at the same time, you know, and trying to, to really attack where I thought I was fast and um, to defend where I knew like Jorge was, was close. There was a few corners where he was using different lines and it was actually funny, like one step down, um, but we have like a left hand and then a step down and then a right. This I could see his shadow every, every lap. <laughs> so I couldn't hear his bike, but I could see his yeah. shadow. And that, uh, that helped me to see exactly how far he was behind. Um, but yeah, it was to be honest, like it was a really fun motor. I physically felt good, and it was nice to to race uh, Jeremy and uh, and Jorge. I wish I, I wish I could have tried to try to really, um, you know, get get closer to Jeremy and try and make a move. But uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it was impressive, mate. Obviously, it's pretty awesome what you're doing on on the bike. It's basically stock bike, and you're racing all these factory guys and holding your own. Absolutely. Um, how are you sort of seeing the season, mate? You must be happy beating all these factory guys and being sixth in the championship. Um, I saw, I heard you said to James, you're at ninety percent, and you always want to improve, which is which is obviously um, natural. But um, must be pretty good so far. Five rounds in, five very different tracks, very different challenges. So you're doing well, mate. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I'm I'm quite happy and satisfied with how the season's going. I'm to be honest, all the seasons I. The season uh, prior to this one, like I always take a bit of time to get in my flow in the first couple of rounds. And um, it was one thing this year to try and really be there from round one. Um, maybe not 100%, but just to be a little bit uh, not so far away from the front guys. And I definitely feel like this year I have made that step the first couple of rounds. I'm not so far away from from them and six in the points. Um yeah, it's it's not bad. Definitely not bad. I'm happy with my riding and happy with how things are going. I just need to consistently, you know, keep doing what I'm doing and and try to, um, yeah, try to be up there every weekend like I'm like I've been doing. Yeah, it's consistent. You look just really comfortable battling it out amongst those guys. Like you just not face. It's something just really natural to you now. So yeah, looking at the standings, being ahead of guys like Koldenoff, Jeremy, Matea. Parato is basically on a, a factory KTM from from all the reports we hear, and Gia and Watson and Van Donick and like Bogers and Jonas. Like you, it's pretty cool, mate. I, I bet a lot of people didn't expect um expect you to be up quite so high, maybe or or maybe not so much so high, but beating all those other guys. So do you you get a lot of compliments from fans and 
and um, other media and, and that kind of thing just praising you? Um, yeah, I think I, I, I definitely, uh, I kind of expected myself to be there. Um, I, I know some people wouldn't have, but I, I definitely, I put in the work in, so I, I hope to be as long and close to the to the field and try and improve every year. That's my goal. Um, I do. I have been getting compliments from some people just saying that they they think I'm riding well and and uh, the season's been going well so far. So that's always motivating to see and to hear. So um, just just trying to keep it up. Really, it's a long season. To stay stay healthy, stay fit. That's like I said. I'm riding ninety percent. I'm I'm not like one hundred one hundred ten percent over riding over my limit. You know, I feel like some years past, I would make stupid crashes and DNF. Or whatever, just because of these these moments, you know, you have to. I've learned to do to take, uh, you know, not to take the unnecessary risk. Let's say just to, you know, if like in the first motor, if eighth is my best I can get, then I'll take an eighth. If it's eleventh, I'll have to take an eleventh. You know, I'm not gonna. I'd rather finish eleventh than DNF. So, um, um, just you know, I'm, I'm trying to be there every weekend, score points, and uh, collect it for the for the for the championship at the end. Yeah, it's a pretty good, uh, yeah, very disciplined approach, mate. And you see guys like Tomac taking that approach. If it's not his day, he'll settle for a result and then move on to the next one where where he knows he can shine. But um, yeah, I think I feel like at least from my perspective, um, you know, people obviously associate that awesome win in Sardinia. I feel like it's uh, it's basically that's sort of in the rear vision mirror, like because you're riding so good now and you're a top guy, um, top like top five every week, basically, um. Yeah, does that that stigma? Obviously, you spoke to James and I a while back about how people just associate that with you, but I feel like that's just about removed. Um, everyone appreciates you just not for that one result, but for the whole package because you're a complete rider on all surfaces now, mate. Is that how you see it? Uh, hopefully, I mean that's how I see it. I, I don't want to be called the Sandman anymore. You know? <laughs> I uh, I get that too often. Um, I would like to be uh, an all rounder rider, good on hard pack and good in the sand. And I feel like I've definitely taken a step forward and on the hard pack this year, and I've shown that uh, to be uh, top five in in um, top like top five in in the hard pack is is for me good and yeah. and uh, yeah, people can can stop calling me the Sandman from now on. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, still, be, I'll still be there in the sand, trust me. But but yeah. I'll, I'll be there in the hard pack too. Yeah, just the amount, just the level of MXGP is ridiculous. Like to forget about the sand, just the hard pack. But you know, guys like Jeremy and Maxime and Roman and Jorge and you know Jeffrey. Like, there's to get a top five in the in the hard pack, all the sand. To, it's a major effort, mate. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool to see. And I was going to ask how how have you sort of made strides with the bike? Are you happy with sort of what you have? And is it a is it an interesting challenge not having a teammate to bounce ideas off, or you know, someone like an AJ? You've, you've had uh, recently um just to, being around the pits having a laugh doing the vlogs is it a is it a bit of a change or you just do what needs to be done um yeah it's that's a good question i do miss having a teammate to be honest like it's always nice to have someone in the in the team and and to just bring it like a you know different it, it brings a different vibe like you always have someone to bounce off of and and uh run ideas off of and and things like that to be honest honest in one way like with with having just a, a stock bike, it's it's given me like there's there's no um there's no like changing anything, which is good like in a way good, you know, like yeah. this is it, this is what you have. 
like it's not in my mind oh what can i do with this maybe i should train try that maybe i should you know it, that's yeah. i never it's only with suspension that i'm thinking and and with the engine i'm just to be honest happy with it at the moment like i haven't thought about anything else and and uh i'm just trying to just do the best with what i have and and um obviously sometimes it's it's nice because i'm working with with a, a coach harry and brocker and he's he's training the hutton hutton metal guys and and tiba benny stomp and uh sometimes i go um i'd always do track walk with them and uh i, I speak to them during the, the session so if they try something on the bike on their bikes it's also yamahas you know so i can yeah. always listen to them and uh try it uh on my bike yeah but it, it's it's nice to have that um um like also how and i always run go to him for any ideas and he gives me he's he's got his eyes on me all the time on the track so he knows how my bike is working as well so it's nice to have someone that i trust who um can help me out with a little bike setup or things like that yes so you sort of got a little a nice little team around you obviously um you bet you'd obviously mentioned you were trading with bonacorsi uh a lot in the preseason and just seeing how fast he is and it's definitely come to fruition, mate. He's uh, he's rapid at the moment. But are you, are you getting much um support from Yamaha at all or anything like that, or it's just basically you do it fighting your own battle out there? Um, I mean, they've helped me out with a hydraulic clutch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I asked I asked in the beginning of the season for that because that should be. Um, I thought it would be available on the new Yamahas. That was supposed to be the plan. Uh, you can buy it like a GYTR kit. Yeah. And I think um, that will be the plan in the future, in the in the coming months. But it just wasn't ready in time. So uh, I, did, I did ask them for that. Um, but for the rest, no, I haven't had any other help or, um, with engine parts or things like that. It's, it's, I think it's it's quite tough for them. They, they're also really working hard for with their riders. And it's busy with the three riders. So um yeah i don't really um i'm not really involved with with what's going on with them and it's a complete different uh different team <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool you just sort of channel your energies on, on on what you can control because yeah it's no there's no point worrying about what you don't have you may as well just focus on what you do have and um is the new jet bike in general a really cool platform obviously we've heard great reviews all over the world about the new yamaha and the same for you I mean, you can see that it's uh, top five competitive in, in MXG in motocross world championship. I mean, as a stock bike, as a yeah. good base, you know, that can't be too bad. I think um, it's it's honestly um, like probably the best productive uh, uh, production bike I've ridden in uh, in my career. That's how that's how good it is. Like, wow. and I, I'm not just saying that because I'm I'm a contract of the Yamaha, but I'm I'm really. It's a really good bike as a, as a base as a as a stock bike. It's it's a really good. Yeah, it's obviously the way you're going. Um, yeah, pretty much an awesome advertisement for for Yamaha. But as you're going, you sort of obviously the factory teams will be definitely looking at you. It's it's kind of a miracle how you're not on a factory team, to be honest. But um, yeah, the, the way you're going, and there's definitely going to be that that decision you'll have to make in the future because a lot of contracts are up, and um, you'll have to weigh it up whether you're happy with what you have um or make a complete change because we you know speaking to some other guys they say it's better to be happy with with what you have and comfortable rather than maybe going to a, a step up where everything's new and you and you're spending a lot of time sort of going back to square one and then going back again so yeah it'll be it's a good yeah. problem to have mate because you're obviously in high demand and the, the shop window and the spotlight will be right on you so how are you sort of approaching that situation <laughs> i hope the spotlight is on me in that situation <laughs> 
I mean, I have like it's still really early days, and the season's really long. Like, um, yeah, I just hope I'm I'm in the conversations of the factory teams oh. where, um, I hope I'm I'm there and and around. That's where I want to be, of course, to be fighting for a title. So, um, like you say, though, many people are unhappy in a, in a factory team, and they would mm. like to be happy somewhere else. So the grass is not always green on the other side. Um, but uh, yeah, we will have to see. I'm just trying to. I think that'll all work itself out um, yeah. if I'm consistently consistently there every weekend, putting in the top five results. So I'm not too worried about that at the moment. Yeah, mate. There's no, there's sort of no hiding or no escape and how good you're going and especially with you know in the future with teams like Ducati and Triumph entering the paddock like there's going to be more seats um for guys that's pretty cool especially in MXGP where where it's not the easiest place to make a living even though you like the speeds and the, the sort of the schedule you have is pretty awesome it's um you guys definitely don't get paid enough for what you do so you happy about things like those new developments and new teams coming in um, I definitely agree with you that we don't get paid enough for, for what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> um but um I'm definitely happy with with uh, them them coming in. It's always good for the sport. I think like um like you say Triumph and 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 them coming in it's 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 it can only benefit the sport um with new manufacturers and and new seats for for more riders. Um it's it's I think it's only only a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel obviously the sport feels like it's really in a good place? Um, obviously MXGP is doing the the behind the gate series, which which um you've featured in, which was a pretty cool segment. And obviously the sport uh, globally, Supercross had awesome championship battles. Um, World Supercross is coming in. Um, yeah, lots of crowds uh, all over the world. Um, and things like the qualifying races to get a lot of focus, whether that's good or not. Um. A lot of focus on the sport in general. Do you feel at the at the race there's a bit of a better vibe, um, good atmosphere at the rounds, and just just it just feels like motocross in general is in a, going in an upward trajectory. Do you feel that? I do feel that, and it's the the races that I've been at this year, there's been a lot of spectators, which is which is cool to see. You know, the, the sport growing. Um, it would be so sick for that behind the gate to eventually get to like yeah. Netflix or yeah. Amazon or or some, one of them to to really promote the sport. I think it would be so, so good because um, many people don't know motocross and, and once they get involved with it, they just love it. And I think um, with this new series they're doing behind the gate, it's it's only good to show people's personalities and a little bit behind, you know, the per- under the person's helmet, how they are as a person. And I think that's, it's, it's, I think doing well for the sport, but it's, it's sad that it's, I mean, it's, it's going to the people that are in the sport already. We need to try yeah. and get out, get the people outside of the sport to come in. Um, but motocross, I think MXGP in general is in a pretty, pretty okay spot. Um, definitely better than last year. If I'm walking on the pits, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more energy than than what I did last year, and good vibes. So I think it's definitely in the right right direction. Yeah, it's cool. I know they put out those behind the gates on uh, YouTube. Um, but the problem is I think they're region locked. So say for me, if I wanted to go, like I can watch it on MXGP TV, no problem. But for the average guy that wants, is an Aussie, say, wants to watch it on YouTube, oh, it's region locked, video unavailable. So, um, oh, yeah, that's... That. I, I mean, I didn't know that. Because yeah. the first like the first episode came out and only on MXGP TV and I told them, I was like, you guys need to put this on YouTube. Mm. Like you can't just have it on MXGP, MXGP TV, like... 
and and like a couple of weeks later they they got the permission to put on youtube which was sick you know i was yeah. happy to see that um but i didn't know it was like locked for for you guys yeah. and, and that's that's uh yeah uh, how can they how can they change it i'll, I'll talk to them i'll tell them yeah I'll the only them. thing i can think of is in australia they actually have a separate um pay tv package that that carries mxgp so there might okay. be some issues with that i'm imagining but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's on like this station that shows a lot of sport and they obviously show the Australian motocross championship, which is on free to air TV and on that play pay TV yeah. thing, which is cool. Maybe something for the Dutch guys to look at. Cause that would be televising. That'd be pretty cool just to switch focus. Maybe do, do you think um, yeah. do the Dutch guys have some plans to get some streams going for their races? Cause there's not, there's not a huge amount of it. You sort of just get the recap sort of raw, raw clips, don't you? Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know um, any plans on them getting, getting like live footage and stuff they're all uh tight on budget so i think it's it's quite yeah. a big thing if you had to i mean if you just like stream live on youtube and get a few people around the track i don't think that would be too big of a budget thing but it's just an, an effort thing i think yeah I well, especially when you see like the ad act that do such a good job of um streaming their oh, championship they do a really good job with that yeah yeah speaking to sort of adam Sterry recently and he um races it and he's like yeah, Nagel's just a beast still, but um, it's a good championship. Um, lots of good, good, good riders. But he said just the professionalism and the way it's run, like all the Red Bull sponsorship and the inflatable stuff and the paddy mm-hmm. and the flares, like the crowd really gets into it. So there's obviously more, more room for gains in our sport across the globe with that kind of thing. But um, yeah, just sort of looking at um, how you back to your season and and sort of do you gather much information from those guys ahead of you, like say watching a hurlings or a Fever or a or a Prado. I I asked a similar question to Simon um about about Yago just to sort of get his take. Um, do you sort of always just looking for any any little small percentages to to improve or to make a corner faster and stuff like that when you're actually on track? Um, I mean, when you're in the race, like you you're not really uh, focusing on this, but definitely like um, I watch them them all the time, like all of them um just to see if i can if i can improve um even if it's like a percentage here and there it's uh, it's definitely and i'm sure they do the same with me you know like it's just yeah. some especially weekends where like i say with free practice time practice you're still learning the track what lines fast what's not fast uh, if they're doing something different if i'm doing something different i'm sure they see it too so um i'm definitely even on the practice track like today Glenn Koldenoff was there. He was riding, and I'm still I'm still watching him during my break to see what he's doing, where I can improve. Um, you know, it's it's for me. It's this you can never stop learning and never yeah. stop improving. So there's always like I, I would like watching Jeffrey as well. You learn so much just watching him and and Jorge yeah. and and all those guys. So yeah, I, I watch them all the time. Yeah, it's sort of you sort of once here there's like a saying that a couple of you know soccer guys because i do a bit of have another job writing about freelance soccer and um european football and the guys say no matter how much you you think you know you're just scratching the surface kind of thing you know you even if you've covered something your whole life you can always learn more or discover a different topic within within your sport so yeah it's a good approach to have mate because you can never settle especially from everything from training schedules to to regimes because they we spoke to Lorenzo about Tim Geyser and he said he's always elevating his, his training schedule and getting new insights. Uh, you know, it's battle guys like you that are doing the same. So it's a good, it's a good yeah. approach because you can't settle, can you, mate? But um, 
yeah, just looking at yeah. your results, obviously your overalls have read nine five five nine seven. Um, consistent. I feel like they don't reflect your speed completely because you look at somewhere like Riola where you were stuck behind Jeffrey, and obviously you know what he did that day. But um, yeah, you you sort of content with that, or or just yeah, you you know that podium's on the way. Um, I'm content for that. For, I'm content with it for now. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm still long season and I'm just trying to chip away, um, collect the points every weekend and try. If the podium is there, then I'm definitely going to go for it, of course. If the win is there, I'm going to go for it. It's just a, a little bit of a mental switch that needs to happen and it's, it's slowly happening. I feel it happening um, to be uh, to be there for the podium and for the win. So I think it's definitely coming. Um, just, just um, you know, I'm gaining confidence every weekend and, and gaining um, confidence in myself and also on the bike and things like that. So I think I'm satisfied up until now, but um, I definitely want to get closer. Like uh, I'll, I'll never settle, you know, I'm never happy to be honest. Like I always want more always. So I, I will always keep working to be better next weekend or, or whatever. So um, definitely like now, like I'm not even happy with the fifth place to be honest. Like I still <laughs> want, I want fourth place. I want a third, I want a second, you know, it's just, you just have to keep chipping away, and and I know I'll get there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Is there anything specifically you're you're working on? Um, obviously, just a combination of things, just to get that little bit of extra performance. Um, you know, the starts are it's just so hard because those guys with those factory bikes they hook up and you see Prado and obviously the techniques. But is there is there anything specifically you're working on? Obviously, your conditioning seems like it's fine physically, but just a few tweaks here and there, or um, anything you're focusing on um mainly just being co more consistent in the starts um yes. just working on the start yeah that's it at you know it starts are so important these days it's actually crazy like it's yes. it's so so important if you start like at the back it's just you're not gonna you're not gonna get to the top five it's it's almost impossible maybe if you jeffrey and you three seconds faster than everyone yes but like it's it's tough it's tough to to come forward through the pack and and to to finish inside the top five if you're starting in fifteenth or whatever so you yeah. have to start there and it's just consistently to be there that's what I'm working on um, the first couple laps yeah and uh, looking ahead to Spain um what's your thoughts on the track obviously we uh, had a joke that it's good for the wives and girlfriends with the shopping mall mate um but yeah just <laughs> your thoughts on the track it gets got pretty ruddy and pretty hard and yeah it looks like Another pretty good test, that's for sure. Yeah, good test. We put it like that. I think I'll be I'll be hundred percent honest honest with you. It's like my least favorite track on the calendar. <laughs> um, like I've done the worst results there the, the past two three years. So, um, I am feeling better this year on hardback. So, I do expect to be, um, you know, fighting for top five. That's that's a goal. Uh, we'll see. It's a good test, like you say. So I'm, um, I'm excited to get there and to, to get riding and, uh, yeah, to see where we, where we stack up. Yeah, obviously Maxime won, won last year his first MXGP race, I believe. And yeah, it was, it'll be obviously it'll be a big vibe there with Prado and Fernandez. Um, yeah, such such good Spanish riders. So did you, did you yeah. feel that um they had a lot of support last weekend too? Yeah, it'll be. It's always Spain is always a nice GP because there's so many fans, you know. Even though they're not for me, they're for Jorge. But it's like it's still cool to witness that and to see so many people get into the sport and and to you know be involved with one rider. It's, it's really cool to see, and you see everyone, um, 
you know, getting into it. And I like, I like that, you know, yeah. it's cool. It's cool to see. It's, it was also quite a few people in, in, Port, in Portugal for the Spanish riders, but I'm for sure this weekend will be a lot more. And uh, yeah, it's just cool when you're doing the cycling lap, you just see all the, all the fans going crazy, which is, which is, uh, you know, it's something that you remember when you, when you're old. Yeah. Yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah it's, um, do you, do you enjoy doing the media stuff, mate? Obviously, um, you find it frustrating or draining or you, you enjoy it? Because some guys obviously say it's, um especially say if you went to a home GP, um it gets a bit, uh, yeah. it gets a bit much, but you, you're happy with it? I can imagine for like Jorge this weekend, it's it's a lot. Yeah. It really is a lot. And it's it's like, it's a lot of pressure too, because, you know, everyone's expecting him to to be there. So it's a lot of pressure. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't enjoy doing the media stuff. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but uh it's it's part of it. I, luckily, I don't have to do too much being a privateer team. Um, yeah. I can kind of choose where I want to go and what, what I want to do. So yeah. it's a yeah. As the, long the, as you the don't mind doing of, these podcasts, mate. <laughs> yeah, the ben, the benefits of being a privateer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a good. Uh, there's a good, obviously James uh, Burfield, the boss, has been been coming back at the GPs, mate. Have you enjoyed his presence there? And um, he's always having a laugh and uh, making a few digs. Yeah. And is he is he get is he on the blogs? Um, Gonna help you out with that at some point, hopefully too. Yeah, hopefully too. Yeah, he he's been busy with uh with the work and stuff, which I yeah. which I completely understand. And uh, obviously we will see what happens with with that. Uh, he has been there most weekends, which is it's been cool. He's always having a laugh, you know. It's always <laughs> he brings he brings a good vibe with him wherever he goes. So that's cool. Um, yeah, it's been uh, been nice. It's been cool. And Jeremy's uh he's, he's doing a good job too, mate. You have a good bit of banter with him too. Man, I see Jeremy working so hard on the weekend. Whenever I yeah. see him, he looks like he's dead, like so tired. <laughs> but he's got his camera in his hand. He's looking at me like you know, like he needs some like ten hours of sleep. But shame, I think uh, I think James puts him to work quite quite a lot, you know. Yeah, but oh, it's yeah. good to see James James with the camera in his hand as well, you know, putting in the work himself. Yeah. It's it's uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to do that like two years ago if I saw him at the GP. Yeah. I didn't expect he would be two years later holding a camera. But it's cool to see him putting in the work. And, and uh, yeah, he's enjoying the weekends, I think, himself. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's good to have those, um, just a sort of a, a major English-speaking presence at, at maybe probably every GP round um, because yeah, it, needs, yeah. it needs to be covered. Because obviously a lot of guys there are photographers or videographers. There's not so much maybe there's a couple of, Guys, I know, but the the terms of like the media, yeah. podcasts, and the writing stuff is the presence of MX Vices. Do you guys sort of happy that happy that they're happy that we're there and and um yeah know, spreading the message sure. about the sport and sharing your guys' stories because some of the American outlets don't cover MXGP so heavily, do they? Yeah, I think MX Vice is doing well, doing well, and uh, and James is is trying his best with um, obviously um, Lewis leaving. Lewis is doing a lot before. Yeah, um, but he's picking it up, and and he's. I think a mix wise, it's just um, uh, it will get you know once he gets the, in the flow of doing it himself, and he's he was obviously he he took a step back the last couple of years, and now he's getting yeah. back into it, and it's 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 cool to see him um, growing each weekend, and and also a mix wise growing. You know, you see the numbers and stuff, and it's, yeah, it's cool. I'm uh, I'm happy, and I'm always happy to help uh, a mix wise. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, just sort of trying to carry on. Um, obviously the work because yeah, the last ten years with James and Lewis and the and the other guys, they they've really grown the 
growing the site really well. So it's pretty, it's in a good place, mate. So we'll go and keep it up and um, just sort of a exactly. couple more, mate. Just um, is there anything you particularly do um, to unwind or relax um, during the weeks, mate? Because they must get pretty, pretty stressful for you. Do you follow any other professional sports closely or, or you just sort of chill out and spend time with the girlfriend and relax? And obviously having them there must be pretty massive. I know um, yeah, with my wife to be in there, so they sort of get you through the, the tough times just to have a chat to, mate. Is that, is that the sort yeah. of thing you feel too? Yeah, it definitely helps having someone that you can like um, rely on and and you know put some of your stress onto them, um, especially with the task sometimes during the weeks. Um, I've been like doing it myself for many years, and now to have my brother's now living with me here in the Netherlands, so he's helping a lot with the the, the chores around the house and things like that. And uh, my girlfriend's doing like uh, a lot of ta- taking a lot of tasks off my back, you know. That I don't have to do, which which helps me unwind a bit more during the weeks, which is important. Um, but I'm into all sports, to be honest. I watch uh, like NBA have playoffs at the moment. Uh, it's good to watch. Um, my brother's like really big into football, so like he watches a lot of the the football games, um, which I'm always I watch with him and and uh, support Chelsea, which are doing terrible at the moment. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I uh, I play video games sometimes. Play Xbox. Yep. Um, it's it, that's one thing that kind of you know when you're playing a game, you, you're not thinking about anything else. Yeah. You're just in the game where your mind is completely free, which is sometimes good. Um, yeah, for the rest, not much. Um, just uh, yeah, spend time with the with the misses and uh, yeah. That yeah, kind of helps get away from the get away from the motocross a bit. Yeah, it sounds like you got a good balance, mate. And um, yeah, definitely being an Arsenal fan, uh, beating Chelsea yesterday was pretty cool. And I, think, <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> I just had to go there, mate. But um, yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I was, nice, nice one. Yeah, but nice I'm back one. to the, rub it in, rub it in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, I was just thinking back to the pay. What you were saying, you know, there's some like sub backup, you know, even third choice goalkeepers at uh, like a Manchester United on. 30 to 50,000 pounds a week. And uh, yeah, they mainly just train. So it sort of puts it into perspective. They're, they're not really risking too much of their, of their body and life like the motocross guys. Okay. So anything to do to elevate the the coverage and the presence of the sports, definitely a good thing. And well, two, two couple more for you, mate, just um, obviously the motocross of nations are very strong team and lots of good young talents coming through, mate. That'd be obviously a nice little added bonus to do at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a long time away. I haven't even thought about that at all, to be honest. Um, but it's definitely cool to do the Motocross of Nations. It's always such a cool event. And uh, yeah, definitely Jeffrey's back this year. So he's uh, definitely going to be... The, the team will always be strong. There's so mm. many good riders. Um, so it's just picking picking the good, uh, the best riders to, who can win the event at the time. Um, yeah, but it will be, will be uh, definitely a cool event. Yeah, they got a few few headaches of selection committee there. That that's for sure, mate. And um, just uh, have you they got always, every year? Every year they have head like headaches with selections, but that's that's a I think only a good thing for the country. You know, like it's only a a good thing to have so many riders to select from who can who can do well. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. You, you, Jeffrey, Glenn, Brian, um. Yeah, Kai, Rowan, even Rick Elzing alone. There's certainly no shortage, that's for sure. And and with the moose gear, just wanted to ask about that. Um, you you doing any custom gear for a home GP? Like the, the gear's been pretty cool. They change it up a lot. Um, 
you happy with that, mate? That that sort of sponsorship with that team. Yeah. What do you What do you think about the 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 gear this year? I think it's been pretty cool. Yeah, I like, think it's uh, cool, mate. Moose every is year, I mean, every every that's one thing I I requested is like to have different uh different colors like most weekends. Yeah. Um, just to spice things up, I think it's always cool. Like like they said, you look if look good, feel good. You know, it's one one thing is when I feel good in my gear that I feel like I ride better. Yeah. <laughs> so um I definitely always try to to stand out a little bit with with gear and things like and feel like Moose have definitely stepped it up this year with uh, with their fits. So it's cool. This weekend I'll be running the red red again. Yep. And uh I might have something special coming for the Dutch Grand Prix. So you'll have yeah, to yeah. wait and see that. Yeah, it's cool, mate. No, I reckon it's been good even even in um you know, they sponsor some American stuff and yeah, there's definitely been yeah. comments on on other pods and stuff that it's definitely going in a better direction. Um yeah, obviously it's hard to battle it out with those other sort of big companies in the industry, but they're definitely making waves, mate. Um been throwing them in the lit kit um section quite a lot. So uh, keep it yeah. coming, mate. And um before I let you go, just anyone you want to thank um while you have a chance um before before the end and yeah, sort of aims moving forward. Yeah, I mean, just just thank everyone who's supporting me at the moment and uh, who's got my back. I think and the, and the private jets coming, I believe James was saying. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see on Sunday night on my Instagram. You'll see some stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, just to thank thank uh, everyone supporting me. It's always cool to to get the receive the messages and support from the people who are watching and supporting. And um, yeah, the team's doing a really well, a good job this year. They're trying to improve where they can, and yeah, thank them for for that. And um, yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, no worries. Well, thanks for joining us, mate. And before I let you go, I'll just give out a quick shout out to the sponsors in Monster Energy Box Racing Parts Europe, which carries uh, Moose, uh, Scott, Bell Helmets, Cherbies, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, there would be no us. So, yeah, thanks again, Calvin, for joining us, mate. And um, all the best with the travels. And, yeah, we'll uh, look forward to catching up soon. Good luck in Spain. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And I'm sure I'll be uh, back on in a, in a couple months or weeks. Yeah, no, so, well, look forward to it. Cool. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, man.